Hey listeners, this is Tegan, and welcome back to Dare to Care on Air. Sage is my co-host this week. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, as Tegan said, my name is Sage. I use she, her pronouns, and this is my first year as a Dare to Care peer educator. Exciting, exciting. Uh, we've had a couple of first time, I think uh, Marley and Marin were also first year Dare to Care peer educators, so we've got a bunch of them, and next year they will be second year Dare to Care peer educators. Uh, so last time we talked a bit about sexual geography and kind of the power that different people have in situations. This time we're going to be looking at some bystander intervention situations. Uh, so we're going to be looking at a couple scenarios where people feel like they maybe should step in, but they maybe aren't really sure how to do that. So just as a heads up, some of these scenarios we'll be looking at today might involve people ending up in situations that may be unsafe, uncomfortable, or even non-consensual. So if you need to take a break at any point, please do. There are resources available on the link tree in the description of this podcast if you need any help or support. So we're going to get started with our first situation. So my friend sends nudes of all her hookups to our group chat and has us kind of rate them on different things. And I feel kind of bad because I only now just thought that there was something wrong or weird about it because she sent a picture of a guy that I have a class with um, and before it had just been all strangers. I spoke with her privately and asked if the guys knew that she was doing this and were okay with it, and she laughed and said it didn't matter because it's not like any of us are going to do anything with them anyway. I told her that I recognized the guy she recently sent and would feel really uncomfortable and awkward if I was in his position and found out that she had sent that. And She got really defensive and mad and told me that it would be kind of messed up if I told him, and then if I'm so uncomfortable, I can just leave the group. I didn't really sure, I wasn't really... I wasn't really sure what to say to that, so I just left, but I don't really want to ignore it. What should I do? Well, it makes sense that you're uncomfortable because it sounds like your friend is doing some really messed up shit. Yeah, I'd be uncomfortable too. I, I think that sometimes we tend to ignore things like this when they're directed at men or overlook them, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, there, of course, it also gets ignored too when it's done to women, but I think sometimes you can get into a headspace where like, you're not necessarily seeing the people you interact with as people, yeah. which is never good. It can also be really uncomfortable because it's this is your friend, and it sounds like it's a big group of friends as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're the only one who is feeling uncomfortable or at least acknowledging that you feel uncomfortable, that's definitely a difficult position to be in. And I think a good thing to do would be to vi maybe verify if that's the case. You know, you talk to this friend and you got not a great response. Talk to some of the other people in that group. You said that it kind of took this for you to realize that what was happening was weird or wrong. Um, maybe the other friends in your group need a similar wake-up call and they just haven't had the opportunity to do that yet, so you might not be as alone as you feel in this situation. You also said that you'd feel uncomfortable if you were in this guy's position, and I think if you frame it uh, in that way, a lot of people would probably feel the same because you said that your friend is actually raiding parts of them. And yeah, yeah. That, that would be such a terrible position to be in, I think, if you had trusted someone to see your body and then you found out that a bunch of strangers were all of a sudden getting to see it and give their opinion and actually raiding it. Also, just like kind of to take a step back from the situation and look at it as you're looking at it now and kind of see kind of how weird and messed up this is, it, it kind of speaks to like how actions like this can become normalized when we're in a group like that. And I think it would probably be good for almost everyone, not just you in the situation, but ev everyone listening to kind of take a step back, think about, are there any things that maybe I've excused because they've become normalized in my friend group or in the group I'm with? And kind of think about that. Like, are 
like things that maybe seem like harmless fun. Like how harmless is the fun that you're having? Kind of think about that. Think about the people involved and do they know what's happening? How would they feel? Because it definitely feels like she knows she's doing something wrong because of the way she reacted. Like obviously she doesn't want you to tell that person. So it does seem like she understands and recognizes that what she's doing isn't great. But yeah, I would definitely take a step back, try to talk to the other people in the group. And hey, if you feel strongly enough about it and they aren't, you're not able to get the support you need from the other friends, talk to someone higher up at your college. I know here at, at, at Knox, um, we have Kim Schrader, who you can talk to about things like this. Like if you feel like you need someone else to step in and maybe your friends won't listen to you, but they might listen to someone with a bit more power in the situation um, who can maybe provide some better language around the situation to maybe help these people understand that what they're doing is a violation of the these people and and their uh, their bodily autonomy so go ahead all right uh, most institutions also would have anonymous reporting if yeah. you feel uncomfortable getting directly involved or you feel weird about talking to someone face to face that's always an option mm -hmm. but and it might be a difficult transition for you if you end up needing to leave this friend group, but I I don't often guarantee things, but I guarantee it's the right decision, and you'll probably be happier down the line. So I hope this works out for you. All right. So for our next situation, we have someone. Okay. So I was at a party the other week, and I overheard a conversation that made me pretty uncomfortable. A guy was making a mixed drink with soda and vodka, and he was putting a lot of vodka in it. His friend mentioned that it looked pretty strong and asked if the girl he was making it for asked for it to be that strong. And he laughed and said that a little more would probably be good for her because she's so anxious and needs to loosen up. I didn't really want to make a big deal out of it since I wasn't sure anything bad would happen, and his friend kind of dropped it. But it still frustrates me that I didn't feel like there was anything I could do in this situation. How could I have gone about checking in? You know, I, I just kind of feel like it was unlikely that he would listen to me since I didn't know him and his friend had already tried to say something. That's a really good question, especially because this situation is pretty common mm -hmm. um, when you're at a party and someone might be mixing drinks or, you know, you might be getting a drink from a friend. Um, it, I'm not saying that this is the person who was you know, the girl who needed to loosen up or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this is her fault at all, but it is a lot of times a good idea to make sure that you mix your own drinks or, you know, are watching while they're being poured just in case something like this is happening. Absolutely. Like, you can trust your friends to the end of the earth and back. It's still good to know how much you're consuming and what you're consuming. So definitely a good thing to keep track of yourself. Yeah. I also think it's really great that you you know, wanted to check in and make sure that she was okay. And, you know, that's an option is going to her directly and saying that you saw this happening, especially because it sounds like this guy wasn't really listening to anybody mm -hmm. or taking into account uh, this girl's tolerance mm -hmm. or wants. You could also talk to his friend, um, the, the guy who was originally saying something. Sometimes you might second guess your gut feeling if it's kind of initially shut down the way it was in this situation. So to have someone come up to you and be like, hey, I also kind of thought that was a little weird. I think you had the right idea at first. I would definitely encourage you 
to go back and talk to him again because it really seems like he might it, like like you said it can be difficult if you don't feel like you're going to be listened to but i think like you said that friend has a better chance of being listened to and i think if you push a little bit kind of give him the reassurance that what he did like was right and to just follow through with that i think that would be a good route to take yeah part of the care acronym <laughs> the yeah. e is enlist <laughs> others so it's always good to team up in this case you know, what if you wanted to talk to him? What if you wanted to talk to her? Maybe if he would be more susceptible to listening with two people, there are a lot of options in which that might be a good idea. Also, if you are the guy in the situation who is pouring the drink and that's something you feel the need to do because you feel like you're helping your friend who's anxious, think about maybe other ways you can do that. Um, you know, what is making them anxious? Is it the venue? Like, do they not like being at a party? Maybe don't take them to as many parties in that way or, you know, talk to them about what would make them more comfortable or less anxious. Don't kind of make these dishes decision. Don't kind of make these decisions for them, if that makes sense. All right. We're really breezing through these today. We've got our last situation now. Okay. So I'm really worried about a friend who seems to be pushing themselves into unsafe situations for the sake of experience. So for some context, we're both first years, and I had a pretty mediocre sex ed experience, uh, but my friend had a really bad sex ed experience. She didn't really even know what a penis looked like until she got sent a dick pic last week, um, and I've tried to point her towards resources, but she said that reading about sex is really awkward and uncomfortable, and she'd rather just figure it out firsthand. And I'm really worried that she's going to get taken advantage of. And when she showed me some of her Tinder interactions, I got even more uncomfortable. She makes like a really big deal out of being a virgin in her bio, and most of the messages she has are from guys who are really into taking her virginity. It's really creepy, especially since she's like just newly 18 and her age range is set all the way up to 32. Um, you know, I'm all for people exploring and figuring out what they like and all that, but I don't really feel like she's in the right place to be doing so in a safe way. Um, but I don't really know what to say. You know, how can I help? Or, you know, am I just overreacting? Um, this sounds like a really difficult situation to be honest um and i don't think that you're overreacting especially because it just sounds like you care deeply about your friend's safety and i think that that's probably what you want to emphasize in talking to her about this because you don't want to you know you don't want to be controlling her you don't want to be controlling anybody's sexual experience but it makes sense that you care about this person and you want them to have a good and safe time. Absolutely. I think what you touched on is really important. Trying not to be another force that's controlling her. Don't be like, okay, you, we're deleting your Tinder. We're, we're cutting you off from all these things until you learn how to have sex or whatever. Kind of maybe help her figure out why she feels this pressure in the first place. Because it, it really feels like she's feeling rushed and she feels like she's very behind. Um, maybe pointing out that she's really not alone in this situation. A lot of people come into college not having any sexual experience, a lot of people from really bad sex educational systems, um, and also kind of deconstructing the importance and the emphasis on virginity because it definitely doesn't need to be that way. If, yeah, if losing her virginity is like an important thing to her, or if she feels like it's best for her to just like go out and experience sex herself, like that's that's fine mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we support that. We just want to make sure that she's doing that because of what she wants, what she wants not yeah. what 
you know, feels society like she needs to be doing. or she feels like she should mm -hmm. want. Yeah, really try to encourage her to go at her own pace. And kind of when we talked about power last time, try to encourage her to do it in a place and in ways where there's a bit more power that she has because it like with the way her age range is set it seems like she's looking for people with a lot of experience you know older doesn't necessarily mean more experience but it does usually mean they have more power um so that's kind of a difficult place to be put in um try to encourage her if she can to do so in spaces that she controls or that are controlled by people she trusts maybe not going out to off-campus places or just make sure she's trying to do this in ways that will keep her safe um, and give her more decision-making power, not less. Um, also, um, I know our college does, but hopefully most colleges have sex ed resources available. Um, it may be that she was kind of turned off. I'm not sure what kind of resources you were providing, but some of them can be really intimidating and may not be super beginner friendly or easily readable. Um, I know we have a really nice beginner crash course, sex ed, zine, zine, I'm never sure which one that is, um, uh, called Knox Knowledge. It's by Eli Shriver, and we'll have that linked if you want to check that out. Um, and I think that's a really good resource to point people towards. So, any last follow-up on that situation? Nope, just everyone needs to figure things out for <laughs> yeah, themselves. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. we have support systems. You're not behind, and even if you are, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Virginity is a social construct. Yeah, and definitely want to encourage some self-exploration too, you know. If you're not ready to talk about sex or, or learn about sex, probably not ready to have it. So, mm -hmm. Okay, so thank you for listening to our situations. Hopefully you don't end up running into any scenarios like this, but if you do, you might now have a better idea of things that you can say or do to help people understand when they are taking away decision-making power from someone else and why that isn't okay. We also hope that you will feel empowered or help others feel empowered to speak up when something maybe isn't quite right or someone isn't comfortable or able to advocate for themselves. Uh, we do have a lot of sex education events and recently had a sex ed trivia event with Union Board, so be on the lookout for things like that in the future and invite your friends. We also have plenty of resources, um, including a sex ed crash course design that I talked about um, called Knox Knowledge, which we'll link. And you can also use the submission form and the description of this podcast if you have things you want to talk about, ask about, situations you want advice on, anything like that. So I hope some of you check these things out. But if not, I hope you'll tune in next time. So this has been Dare to Care on Air. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>